When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm in this world and they made me Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's rolling all right. We just went through and it was all my fault, like 15 different record times literally i my updated invitation different lengths times uh i see five different times in the last 20 minutes uh but i appreciate the flexibility of you fellas i guess you know being an attorney is a very easy job and um and you guys are just available whenever so i appreciate that all right so you you said fellas we do have a guest here we'll get to that in a moment so obviously bracket season is over it's april but we're just getting started yeah but today the NBA announced that uh, Scott Foster will be the ref for game two of the Suns Clippers series. Mm. Scott Foster famously um, in games in playoff games, he has refed against Chris Paul's team. Chris Paul is 0 and 14 and uh, Scott Foster is for, <laughs> therefore 14 and 0 against uh, Chris Paul. So obviously there's some kind of conspiracy involved here. For whatever reason, the NBA does not want the Suns to win game two of that series. Um, what the conspiracy is, what the reason for it is, I don't know. But but NBA playoffs is always a great season to discuss sports conspiracies in general because less so now than in the David Stern era when the NBA was essentially like the WWE. But, you know, the NBA in the playoffs has always been lots of conspiracy. You know, one year they change the rules midseason to benefit the Lakers. Other years they just start calling phantom calls so that the Lakers can win. You know, always lots of conspiracies involved. And so we've decided to do a, a, a sports version of what you once did or twice did maybe on Renap. Um, mm-hmm, twice, uh, yeah. with, with with Rob, we're doing a sports conspiracy bracket, and we have our very own Ob Sinensky here, who has put together a bracket of thirty-two of of what I guess he considers uh, great sports conspiracies. Ob, welcome back to Thirty Two Fans. Tell us what exactly is the bracket? How do you put it together? What are we doing today? Yeah, so we have a list of thirty-two um, conspiracy theories, um, almost all of which are presumably entirely false. That doesn't make the them less 32. fun. Thirty-two. The thirty thirty two. Spoiler alert! What, what, what are we? Yeah, Av, what are you putting your hand on the scale for? <laughs> well, they're conspiracy theories for a reason, right? Um, but I guess we'll uh, we'll be theories. judging much, the... much like global warming and uh, gravity and evolution, right? These are all theories. Yeah, well, I think in science theory means like proven fact, but uh, or something like close to it. Um, yeah, this is science thirty two. Yeah. Points. So ba- basically, what I did is I um, I called through lists online, and Alex sent me a bunch. A few listeners sent me a bunch of their own theories, and I uh, whittled it down to the most interesting thirty two, or the thirty two that I thought made the most sense here. And I've organized them into 
as best as I could, let's say quadrants of four, um, mostly divided either by sport or a common theme of some sort. Um, so I, I think what would make sense is to kind of like start with each quadrant and get down to the elite eight for each of those quadrants. And then we'll be mm -hmm. left with the eight best uh, theories. And we should, uh, I think, warn people, like, especially if these are good, this is going to be a multi-part episode. We cannot guarantee getting to any specific part of the bracket today, but we'll we'll do our best. But the, it's more important to... Uh, the, you know, the, the conspiracies we discussed along the way, then we're not finishing today. The journey of the conspiracies is more important mm -hmm. than the destination, which, as oh, we sure. said, I said, mostly false. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Av has tried to move the podcast by saying all 32 ones are false. <laughs> I will say all 32 are true. Okay, so we'll see where we meet. Yeah, the there's no the way all 32 are false. It's absurd. Yeah. yeah, fine. I said mostly false, and I said most. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we're here for. Yeah. All right. So, so Av, get us started. Yeah, this is your show. Okay, so we're going to start out in the top left, um, and this is our soccer quadrants. Mm -hmm. um, do you want? Should I read just just like briefly mention what all four are, or do you want? No, 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 one at a time. One? We can do one at a time. Okay, so our first one is comes from Rich L from the Patron Group, and he referred to it as Lasagna Gates. This goes back to a time where Tottenham was in fourth place in the Premier League. I have, I have no idea what this is based on the name alone. You do or don't? Mm -hmm. No, I don't. So fourth okay. place in the Premier League is important because the fourth place spot gets a Champions yes. League invite. Right. And now so, there is a soccer player named Kevin Lasagna who plays for Italy. I don't know if this is about him. Um, I don't think so. Um, but it is so, very apropos that he plays in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Kevin Lasagna, if he played for like Portugal, it would be stupid. Lasagna. Now, in the draft, off, you have lasagna spelled with an E at the end instead of an A. Is that the, the Scottish spelling, the British spelling, the Italian spelling? What's going on here? It's I believe it's however Rich L spelled it. OK, so um, the, 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 the Scottish slash Canadian spelling. Yeah. So Tottenham was in fourth place. Arsenal was just behind them, meaning that Tottenham just needed to, um, I guess, tie right to just needed a result. We, we call it a draw where we're from. OK, he wrote to match the results of the Arsenal game. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess, right, the goal, the number of goals matters. Um, but uh, before the game, one of the players, sorry, sorry, a bunch of the players on Tottenham got sick, uh, seemingly mm. due to food poisoning from a lasagna that they ate the day before. Mm. So okay. I guess there's a history of, of of cheesy Italian foods causing illness because one of the allegations about the MJ flu game is that it was pizza, right? That yeah, well, yes. Well, I'm sure we'll who's spoiling now? Yeah. Well, that's a famous one, but yeah, I it wasn't seafood. I always thought the it wasn't seafood. So for the, Jordan, uh, yeah. We'll no, you're that. right. It was pizza. Yeah. So Tottenham lost and Arsenal won four to two, meaning that Arsenal qualified for the Champions League. And the reason is because some Arsenal fan secretly gave them all bad lasagna. That is what people believe. Okay. Um, supposedly, the police were even called in Ooh. and samples of the food were collected, um, but they found no issues. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what supporting evidence do we have just that they lost the game? Um, and that a bunch of players got sick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I have a theory that the Minnesota Timberwolves have been poisoned for the last few days. <laughs> the so evidence is they've been terrible. So yeah. are we are we rating the conspiracies based on how interesting they are, how true they are? What, well, I think it's both. Are, 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 are you new to this podcast? I am new to this podcast. Well, I, I sometimes we try to establish them during the bracket, at least. I'm yeah. obviously not ahead well, of time. Let, let, let me hear what Lasagna Gate's going up against, and then I will, for, for my own vote anyways, determine what my metrics will be. Okay, so to go against Lasagna Gate, we have a submission from Olin Allen regarding the 1978 FIFA World Cup. 
which oh. was held mm-hmm. in Argentina. Mm-hmm. They played Peru in the second round. And well, Argentina they, did. Yes. And they needed to win by four goals to advance to the semifinal. And they won. They won six nothing. Oh. But this was in part arguably due to some strange choices made by Peru during the game. They played their third string goalie, uh, who happened to have born been born in Argentina. They used a backup defender as a forward. And it was later revealed that Argentina had sent Peru millions of dollars worth of free food and grain in the days leading up to the match. So this goes to, like, um, global politics-inspired sports conspiracies. So the Argentinians bribed the the Peruvians by giving them a bunch of grain. Okay. Grain. Um, And and do we have any expulsory evidence like we did in the other one where the police said there was... uh, no, that's that's all we got there. There was right. some sort of, you know, trade deal of some sort that occurred right before. And then they, they seem to have tanked the match. OK, now I, I do like how they they won six nothing instead of just by four. Right. They scored by they won even more than they needed to to try and throw people off the set. Yeah, that was smart of them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to again, I don't know exactly what my vote is for. I'm going <laughs> to vote for the second one because the first one, the police investigated and found nothing. Whereas here we have no exculpatory evidence as far as we know. The only, you know, winning a, winning a soccer match between two relatively good squads like Peru and Argentina by four goals is extraordinarily difficult. And the fact that they were trading grains right beforehand, um, you know, that's enough for me. I think that Argentina cheated. Peru was in on it. Suspend them both. Um, did you guys see how this week the Chinese Basketball League banned two teams entirely, right? It's mm-hmm. like Michael, because of, because of some allegations of cheating in um, that they threw yeah. a match in that game. So... Um, yeah, I, I think we retroactively have to cancel. Now, who won the 78 World Cup eventually? Argentina. Argentina, Argentina wins. They beat West oh, Germany, I think. Or is that 86? Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't recognize Argentina as the winner. Thank you all for educating me on this. I'm voting for the 1978 World Cup. I agree. Cancel. Yeah, that's much more plausible. You gave us no evidence that, that um, Lasagna Gate happened. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, the 78 or World that Cup it w- yeah. advances, no, um, much like the Argentinians did. We lost off. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just reading the Wikipedia page about it. There, here it says this. There was also an alleged deal reported by the British media as an anonymous rumor that involved the delivery of a large grain shipment and the unfreezing of a Peruvian bank account that was held by the Argentine Central Bank. Oh. Somebody oh. won a Pulitzer for that stuff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of conspiracies, for those who are upset about my audio quality on today's episode, I will say that I packed my microphone before I left for work this morning. I thought, but when I opened up my bag, it wasn't in there. So I don't know what the conspiracy is. Maybe the NBA knew I was going to go hard on them in today's pod, and they somehow snuck into my house and removed it. Uh, we needed a conspiracy investigation there. But mm. um, if you're complaining about my audio quality, I do not have my mic, and I think there's probably a conspiracy afoot involved. So I, I, what I've learned from Twitter is anything you do that's stupid or a mistake, not you, Alex, just all of us, uh, just call it a conspiracy. I mean, that's yeah, you know, I was hacked people do that. and it was a conspiracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And anything that anybody else do- does that you don't like, you it's call or- Orwellian. Yes. Um, a big state, uh, a big, big podcast. Some, someone's involved. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. So what, what's our other soccer uh, matchup? Who will okay, face so- the, the, the cheating Argentinians in 78? Yeah, so first off, we have from the 1998 World Cup, an incident involving the famous Brazilian striker Ronaldo. Um, he was initially removed from the starting lineup 72 minutes before the match started. Oh, I remember this. He also had a hideous haircut in the World Cup that year. Do you remember that? 
the mm-hmm. weird shave, like half circle in the front of his yeah. head. I don't know what that was. He was washed for now, though. Yeah. Yeah. He then proceeded to, according to many observers, sleepwalk through the game, which resulted in, in France winning. Um, it's hard to explain. Uh, and listen, France was better and they were at home. Right. And they were going to win that one anyway. But it's hard to explain. Like it was a big deal then. Uh, if it was Twitter now, it would just be insane. Social media would have gone. Yeah, absolutely insane. This this would have been because Ronaldo Ronaldo wasn't as big as Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo was, but he also had no competition. Like he was clear, the clear cut number one in the world. A little bit later, Beckham, you know, becomes as famous as him, even though he wasn't same level player. I was just studying a list of the greatest uh, football soccer players of all time. I was surprised by how high they had Ronaldo on the list. They had him much higher than uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example. They had him, I think, like eighth, eighth of all time. Yeah, he was interesting because he he wasn't ever really associated with a particular club. He bounced around, played for like every sort of like in every country, basically, for, you know, a year or two or three. But yeah. he was he so he's more than the other guys, a international super, you know, it's, like, it's uh, also very annoying that you have these two Ronaldos among like the greatest players of all time, almost like the NBA where you have Moses and Carl Malone. It is very annoying. No, it's for sure annoying. For like SEO purposes, like if you look, you know, if you Google Ronaldo, how do you how do you find Ronaldo without without finding the Cristiano? I guess you can search Ronaldo minus Chris, uh, you know, Chris, Cristiano, but because he doesn't even have a first another name, this Ronaldo. Don't yeah, I mean he has a real name, but yes. Yeah, yeah, but he's known as yeah. No, I do believe some of the Ronaldo. Um, but but uh, what's the motivation behind the conspiracy? So I'll read a little bit. Alex Bellos, uh, a journalist in The Guardian, wrote, when Ronaldo's health scare was revealed after the match, the situation's unique circumstances led itself to fabulous conspiracy theories. Here was the world's most famous sportsman about to take part in the most important match of his career when he suddenly, inexplicably fell ill. Was it stress, epilepsy, or had he been drugged? Questions also circulated into who made Ronaldo play the game. The Brazil coach insisted he had the final say, but much speculation focused on sportswear company Nike, who many think put pressure on the striker to play against the advice of the doctors. So hold on. So I'm a little confused here. So the well, argument, it's a conspiracy theory. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, the, it's kind of like on both sides, the cons- right? The conspiracy is that he did play or that he got sick. Like, so they want him to they want him to not have played. That would have been a less conspiracy if the best, most famous player in the world Wolfson doesn't play 17 minutes for the right. match. Right. I like, mean, Brazil's backups were still superstars. So it, yeah. right, it doesn't make. Well, I think it's the, I think it's the combination because it's like. They first said he wasn't going to play, right? He was initially removed, which implies that there was a real illness. But then he played and, like, just wasn't himself. So one can just say, yeah, he was sick and he played anyways. Or this leads to this whole conspiracy of he was removed for some reason and then he was put back in for some other reason. Um, I agree. It doesn't kind of uh, mesh coherently, but there's just a lot of funny business around his playing, playing in this game. Yeah, so I guess that's yeah. We sort of have vague. I remember things was weird at the time. I'm, again, specific. I'm not usually prone to believing the stuff, but it was very weird at the time. Uh, but I also think a little bit of like that was Zidane's ear and and you know a bunch of a bunch of sore losers. France was going to win. Yeah. So to go up against that, we go to May nineteenth, nineteen seventy seven, the final day of the English uh, Premier League uh, season. Where was Coventry... it called the Premier League then? Wasn't it called something else? I have. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it's called the Wait, football, what year league, was it? football league yeah. first division. Yeah, yeah. It, football's weird in that it has more history than basically all American sports, but the but a lot of the modern history, especially st- statistical, acts like everything started in 1990. 
uh-huh. because that's when that's what you know the the, the premier started. So got it's it. Funny. So both uh, Coventry and Bristol City were facing off with both uh, having relegation at stake. Meanwhile, there was a third team, Sunderland, who was also in jeopardy of being relegated and was also playing their final game at the same exact time against Everton in Goodison Park. However, because many Bristol City supporters were delayed in traffic, the kickoff of the Coventry-Bristol City game was delayed by five minutes. When Coventry took a 2-0 lead with goals in the 15th and 51st minutes. Bristol City then, you know, equalized by scoring after the 79th minute. With five minutes remaining, the supporters and players received the news that Sunderland had lost and that a draw would be sufficient for both teams to avoid relegation. As a result, the last five minutes were played out with neither team's players attempting to score and the match finished as a 2-2 draw. Sunderland made a complaint to the league about the incidents, an investigation was conducted, but both Coventry and Bristol City were eventually cleared of any wrongdoing. So the question is, did they both but try not to score at the end of the game, knowing that a 2-2 tie would allow them both to stay? Yeah, I don't even know if that's such a conspiracy per se. Right. We, see, we see that a lot, like we saw it in it's the just, Isn't that gamesmanship, not yeah. conspiracy? It's like it was in their right within their right to do it. It's like, uh, you know, what if a player took a 20-minute, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, like a snooze on the field pretending to be injured. And so that game ends, you know, later anyway, and both teams were in on it. Like that's so, the, you know, yeah. So stoppage time. So maybe part of the conspiracy here is the, the delay due to the quote traffic where maybe the game was delayed on purpose. So that uh, yeah, later spo- in the game, yes, that's a good point by off. Yes. Cause they're supposed to play at the same time to avoid this issue. Right. And then you have the situation like Ty Lu in real time towards the end of game 82, talking to one of his coaches, finding out the Wolves are beating the Pelicans. And so maybe should he intentionally lose the last couple of minutes of that game? But yeah, it's ultimately gamesmanship. I'm not sure. I don't love either of these. Uh, which way are you voting here? Ronaldo. Yeah, I'm, voting, this I'm voting for Ronaldo because to me, the second one is, while plausible, not super interesting. Like we've seen these things happen and we acknowledge them. Like your world would not change. If the best player in the world was like, you know, tampered with at the World Cup, that's a huge story. If these yeah. teams even colluded, it's like, all right, it's like some fines and, you know, docking a couple points the next year. But it's not the end of the world. Your worldview wouldn't change, you know? Yeah. I, I said this a few minutes ago, but to me, the greatest conspiracy in idea is Ronaldo, someone telling him that haircut was acceptable. Um, but <laughs> I'll vote for Ronaldo also. But then I would put the 78 World Cup, the cheating Argentinians ahead. I'd put them into the Elite Eight. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go with the Argentinians, too. I believe that they traded the grain. Yeah, cheaters. Okay, All right. 78 World Cup. You've uh, made it to the Elite Eight with or without grain. Mm. <laughs> okay, so our next uh, quadrant of four uh, has to do with rigged drafts. Mm. Uh, first off, we have most famously the 1985 NBA draft in mm. which David Stern uh, rigged the draft for the New York Knicks to win. Um, notably, this was the first time that a lottery had been done in light of uh, Ewing being this uh, perceived that this once in a generation college player could come into the NBA. Um, and the Knicks marquee franchise hadn't won a title in 13 years. And the idea of them going 13 years without a title was unconscionable. Yeah, unacceptable. Yes. I mean, imagine if 40 years later, they still had a one. Who knows how crazy people was. Yeah, so the theories range in terms of the, both the placement of the envelope and other people say the envelope was frozen so that he can feel that it was a colder envelope. I don't even know if that works scientifically. Um, Wasn't the corner allegedly bent also or something like that? 
Yeah, maybe. Um, as as Jared Jerome often points out, I believe since 1985, the Knicks have not once moved up in the draft. Mm. Like, forget about the number one. They always either stay where they are or fall. My or team fall lost an off-camera coin toss for the second spot yesterday, which is pretty brutal. <laughs> Jen always, um, when putting slot slips into, um, you know, raffles, and she says this is from her dad taught her this. She always folds up her piece of paper as many times as possible, making it like very small and hard. Mm-hmm. And she, she insists that that makes the picker more likely to pick it, which I think is completely wrong. I think if your if, if your piece of if your entry is different from everyone else's, it's less likely to be picked because the person feeling in will see, oh, this one feels different. I'm not going to take it because it's somehow. Been yeah, but you're not trying to blend in, Alex. You're trying to stand that in any way possible. I actually like her theory. Because you're not trying to be the third best piece of paper. You're trying. Yeah, what I'm saying is, as a picker, I'm trying to pick one that has nothing distinguishing about it so that I can't. Yeah, be but even of... if nine out of 10 people don't pick the distinguishing one, the yeah. one who does picks your paper. You're trying. Yeah. You're... Only one person's winning. You're trying to win. You're not trying to come in fourth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned this at the top of the podcast. The NBA in the David Stern era was was somewhere between legitimate sport and professional wrestling. Yes. I would put nothing past David Stern. So. Do I, you know, I don't know whether I believe any specific angle of the conspiracy, like Frozen versus, the, but, but they don't tell stories that, like this about me and you. Yes, exactly. So I, I think this one is highly plausible, certainly a, a big contender to advance, but who's going up against? It's going up against the 2005 NHL draft, which was purportedly rigged to allow the Pittsburgh Penguins to win and select Phenom Cindy Crosby. The theory being, that the Penguins were on the brink of bankruptcy. They -hmm. were in risk of being relocated and they were threatening to move to Kansas City specifically. And by gifting the Penguins the number one pick and the rights to Sidney Crosby, this allowed them to strike a new arena deal with the state of Pennsylvania and the city of Pittsburgh, allowed them to stay. And since then they have enjoyed much success, added more players to their core and won, I think, two or three Stanley Cups. Mm. Uh, so they, they're at least more successful. In the Much Knicks more Knicks. successful than the Knicks yeah. are game, yes. Uh, and the crazy thing about the NBA is you could say just about every year of the NBA draft, there's something there's something shady going on. Um, you know, the, the Cavs winning the year that this uh, all-time legend who just happens to be from uh, the Cleveland area, obviously, um, not to mention a couple of years later with Kyrie, maybe we'll get to that. Um, I will, I'm definitely going to pick um, the Patrick Ewing one over the Sidney Crosby one. Although the, the Crosby one, you've, you've given... Um, uh, what what's the nature of how the cheating was done, or, or we don't really know. So there were there's case- no frozen envelope. It's more of a, we fixed it, but we're not telling you how. Yeah. Now people um, don't talk about how crazy it is that they just basically gave Mario Lemieux a team. That the the closest thing I can think of is like when J- the guy had to be Jerry's Butler, basically. Like <laughs> they're like, oh, you owe the guy so much money. Like you know, you owe him so much money. Here's the team. And it's like never re- like it wasn't one of these celebrities like, oh, Jay-Z owns the Nets, but he really owned like a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Like Lemieux owned, you know, I think the majority, if not majority, like tens and tens of percent of the team. He still owns some percent. He they, he did sell recently, but he still owns a chunk. I think he's not the majority owner. I don't think anymore. Um, but really uh, an, an amazing story. And it's funny because there's no reason to give the Penguins the number one pick. In general, right, it's not a major city, but you're saying to, to save the franchise, the NHL was definitely um, fearful of losing franchises at that point, right? It was, it to was, save it was, the franchise. 
Yeah, I'm saying it was realistic that, you know, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, the teams did basically go under, but they ended up moving Atlanta Thrashers. But. Yeah, in terms of the odds, the Penguins were in one of the highest slots. I think it says here the Penguins, Sabres, Blue Jackets, and Rangers all had the highest equal chance of landing the number one pick. Whereas I believe in the NBA scenario, all the teams in the lottery had an equal. Yeah, they had. They all back then. They all had one on them. So each team had a one in eleven. Yeah. So it's not like they were, you know, some long shot to win this. They were, you know, they had the highest odds. Now still low odds, but yeah, I'm definitely voting for for Ewing. Yeah, of course, because I I don't trust David Stern as far as I could throw him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and the Ewing draft is whereas Gary Bettman has nothing but respect and trust for him. Well, I don't think he's. I don't think he could pull it off. Yeah. That's always the issue with conspiracies. Like, how has nobody found out about it, right? Like, think of the number of people who have to be involved and keep their mouths shut for Yeah, years. I mean, how much? Like, if I froze the envelope, you don't think I would, like, hey, Avid Chester, like, you can't tell a soul. Yeah. And then and then Alex has texted Dr. Jen by the time I finished speaking. Yeah. And then she tells someone at a hospital. They tell someone they know, and then everybody knows. Exactly. Yeah. I, I also, I also love whenever you would ask um, in, in press conferences, reporters would ask David Stern about this stuff. He'd always sort of smirk and say, like, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm going to do whatever I want. And it's like he, he was so openly, whether you want to call it corrupt or dictatorial or whatever, you know, and he was doing what he thought was in the best interest of the game. And to his credit, he grew the game a phenomenal amount. You know, arguably uh, uh, Bird and Magic and MJ and others had some small role in it as well. But um, yeah. All right. So so the 85 NBA draft advances, who will it face? Yeah, it'll face um, off against another two pairs of draft theories, one in NBA, one in NHL. Uh, The first is that the uh, various drafts were rigged for Cleveland after LeBron left in order to uh, help the franchise. Major market, Cleveland, Ohio. Exactly. Well, you know, a team that had lost arguably the greatest player of all time and received nothing in return. And then supposedly the NBA went ahead and rigged the draft lotteries of 2011 and or 2013 and or 2014 in order to help the um, destroyed franchise. Mm -hmm. And that will be going up against the 2017 NHL expansion draft, which led to the Las Vegas Golden Knights becoming the most successful first year franchise in the history of professional sports and established Las Vegas as a rabid hockey hotbed forever. The facts here involve Bill Foley, who I guess is uh, one of the owners, if not the owner. The of, primary owner, right? The primary he owner. Marine or something? That's why you call them the Golden Knights. I don't know. Um, apparently, he fronted $500 million to buy into the league, which is more than six times the price that was requested the last time the league had expanded. Um, I don't know how that factors in uh, other things other than, you know, 17 years ago. That's not generally how money works, but fine. Um and that brought with it the expectations that the Knights shouldn't have to wait five, the normal five years or so to build up a team. We want to just go straight and compete immediately. When we uh, were kids, the rule was expansion teams weren't even allowed. Like in the NBA, they weren't allowed to have the first pick for the first couple of years. Or right. Like that. right. They would go out of the way to screw them. Like, you're lucky to be in the league. You'll, you'll, you'll suck. And you you'll, get, you'll, used to get like fourth or fifth pick in the NFL. It was like you don't yeah. get one. You're like, yeah. all right, you're, lock, you're locked into, let's say, four, five or five, six. Yeah. Yeah. So the upshot was that the expansion draft rules here were very different from other ones where normally it's like second rate players that you have to leave unprotected here. Mm -hmm. I think each team was only able to protect eight players, which is basically like, you know, you're for lack of a better term, you're starting five and your goalie and then a couple other players. So there was plenty of really good players for them to choose and they were able to assemble a really good roster. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it, I don't know, but this isn't a conspiracy as much. I don't as think it's a conspiracy. League. I think it's yeah, like the league changed the rules because they wanted an expansion team to not be bad. Right. I don't, it ruins the league if a team's bad. I think their goal was probably more less than like, let's let this team win the championship the first year, which is an amazing story, but also like makes the sport look kind of dorky versus, uh, you know, maybe overcorrecting and, and making sure, you know, they were like, let's just make sure they don't suck. And they ended up making them be too good. And yeah, also like now, maybe Batman's so dumb. He wanted like the expansion draft to be a big event, you know? Right. Well, I guess the conspiracy would be if they changed the rules, not because they thought it was a fair thing to do competition wise, but rather because this guy ponied up more than fair market value for the franchise. And they said, okay, so we're going to give you a better franchise than we would. No, I mean, it's reasonable yeah. again, Vegas, it's reasonable. Like we want a team in Vegas at hockey. It's like, it was a risk. Uh, you know, we want them to get off to a, a rolling start. Yeah. Um, Av, uh, you and I went to Vegas once for our friend Rafi's bachelor party. Yes. And there was, this is in like 2004 or so before, well before the Vegas Golden Knights, of course. And there was a, we were staying at the MGM Grand and there was a preseason NHL game um, there. No recollection. The Blues, the Blues and someone else. And I, I just remember that like the cheapest ticket was like $75 and the game was completely sold out. And I was thinking like, this is just like, this is why you need to have teams in Vegas. Cause when people go to Vegas, right. they'll buy tickets to a show because they're in Vegas, even if it's a preseason hockey game, when they're coming from a city that has regular season hockey games all winter that they'll never go to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are just looking for something to do. Yeah. Um, for much less money. The, the Cavs, wasn't there also some kind of alleged, like there was the, the um, it was Snyder's little kid son who had like glasses or something like that. Wasn't he involved somehow with the conspiracy? I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll vote for the NBA one because even though this is post Stern, um, you know, I'm always suspicious about the NBA, but, but in any event that the, the Ewing NBA draft would all, would obviously advance past that. But what do you say, Akiva? Yeah, I agree that you would get be a draft's going to get out of this round. Um, but for this matchup, um, yeah, I'll go with the NBA one. The Vegas doesn't do anything for me. I think it's like just a, a rule typical sort of NBA thing. NHL haters, Alex and Akiva voting NBA over NHL in both matchups. Well, you're voting that the NBA is corrupt and the NHL is legitimate. True. Yes. We're showing such respect to the NHL. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That takes us to our next quadrant, which is actually comprised of two mini quadrants. Um, our first matchup is a NASCAR matchup between the 1984 Pepsi 400 and the 2004 Daytona 500. The uh, the former being what happened that, to the final hundred miles of the Pepsi uh, four hundred? That's the conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Why is this one four hundred? That one five hundred? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So supposedly NASCAR staged Richard Petty's two hundredth win at Daytona because President Ronald Reagan was in attendance. Oh. Heading into that year's Pepsi four hundred. Um, Petty needed just one more victory to reach number 200 in his career, and it just so happened that Ronald Reagan was at the race, the first sitting president ever to intend a NASCAR race. Um, also, Petty had done some political campaigning for Reagan in, in North Carolina. Pretty good, right? And it mm -hmm. ended up mm -hmm. with he struck, Carl... Brought, you know, he struck me as a, a socialist, Richard Petty, so I'm shocked yeah. he did that. <laughs> Um, supposedly Cale Yarbrough, competitive, uh, racer, he pulled into the pit row too early, reportedly thinking the race was over, which left Petty with the opportunity to grab the lead on the win. All parties involved have denied anything untoward happened, but has never stopped the rumor mill from spinning. Yeah, I think I can see the, uh, the, uh, the cahoots with the, with the GOP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's going against the theory that NASCAR staged Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s win at Daytona in the first race after his dad died. Yeah, 
I, I there I do remember that being a big thing. Was that his first ever win? Um. No, yes. Was it Dale Earnhardt his first, first, his first Daytona 500? Daytona, victory. yeah. Well, that, yes. I think it's so. His he, so he never wins day. Daytona. His dad dies at Daytona. The next year, he wins Daytona. Yeah, and it was six years to the day that his father won his only Daytona 500 in 1998. Well, it, yeah. it always happens at the same time of the year, so you know <laughs> that. Uh, you know, it, it feels a little icky to to think that they're like taking advantage of, of a dead of, of a dead guy of a guy. I mean, it's hard to fix a NASCAR race. You can change the rules, but you know. Well, but either way, we're talking about which NASCAR race was fixed. So I know, yeah. But I um, believe I believe the one in the '80s more. I think Reagan and and that stuff. It's like, oh, we got to respect the president, you know, that sort of thing. All right, yeah. okay, fine. I'll, I'll go with the keep. I'll vote for '84 as well. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt Jr. supposedly once threatened to punch a reporter who asked him a question about it. So he definitely has no uh, guilty conscience. I mean, it's about his yeah. dad dying ultimately. So and also diminishing his big victory. So right, yes. it's a double insult. Yeah. Yes. Okay, um, and uh, so the 1984 Pepsi 400 will go against the winner of our boxing mini bracket, um, in which we first have the theory that Sonny Liston threw a phantom punch at Muhammad Ali because of connections to the mob. Mm, um, yes. The summary goes that in the first round of their championship rewatch, uh, Ali knocked down Liston that many in attendance did not see. Um, sorry, so Ali threw the fan punch. I missed I misstated at the beginning. Um, to add to the confusion, Ali did not immediately retreat to a neutral corner, delaying the referee's count. Liston staggered to his feet after about 20 seconds and resumed the match. However, the referee then stopped the fight after the official timekeeper signaled that he had counted Liston out. This led many to think that the contest was rigged. Sonny Liston took a dive in his 1965 rematch against Muhammad Ali, a fight that lasted just one minute and 44 seconds. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty convinced by this one. I think the mob and, and boxing in general is pretty cool. Oh, for sure. There were definitely yeah. lots of mob fixed matches. Um, everything was, you know, was corrupt back then. I, and I just finished watching Sopranos and he gets away with murders in broad daylight constantly. So <laughs> I believe that they could have done that back then for sure. OK, well, its opponent is the Brack, the Bradley Pacquiao fight from 2012, a welterweight fight held on June 9th, 2012 at the aforementioned MGM Grand Arena. After 12 rounds, Bradley won a highly controversial split decision to take the welterweight title, despite the fact that Pacquiao dominated every statistical category and most ringside observers had him winning between eight and 10 of the 12 rounds. So Pac this was this was the only this was the last time I think that I watched a boxing match, uh, maybe the only time since uh, since the, the Tyson Holyfield rematch in 2002, whatever. My my recollection was that it was a pretty boring fight, and that Bradley won easily. Or am I confusing that for? Did they have a rematch later? Is that, I think you're. That? I think you're thinking uh, uh, maybe of the Pacquiao fight. Mayweather. Sorry, Mayweather. That's Pacquiao yes. Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mayweather. Okay. It was very boring, and Mayweather won. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the only boxing match that I've like watched in its entire. Yes, me too. Yeah, uh, since two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so the theory here is that they did this in order to set up uh, a rematch in which everyone made even more money. Yeah, again, probably true. Uh, all boxing is corrupt, but the Ali Liston one, I think, is probably even more true. So I just feel like it was easier to go get away with stuff in, in 1962 than in 2012. Makes sense. So I'm going to vote for Ali Liston. What, what about it? Also, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, of Ali course Lashley, her name is Ali. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah. Okay. All right. And then um, I'll vote for, and then I'll vote for um, Ali, as I'm not pronouncing it, Liston over the, the Pepsi thing, over the NASCAR thing as well. 
No, by the way, so the, you know, the Bradley decision was more insane. I don't think it was corrupt. I think judges are very bad. There should also be like 23 judges for these things, like because you just get two idiots out of three and you're screwed. Right. You know, there should not be three judges on a, on for championship fights. Keith, you're going for our Ali list in as well? Yes. Okay. Um, chalk straight across the board from our two hosts so far. No disagreements. Yet. What does chalk mean? What's oh well, chalk and no disagreements are different. Yeah, though. we haven't had to turn to voter number three yet. Al. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. In our finishing up the left side of our bracket, we have our NFL quadrants. Um, mm-hmm. All of these, I believe, are actually NFL playoff conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, the first takes us back to Super Bowl forty seven. I'm doing uh, Roman numerals. I think that's right. Um, Between the Ravens and the 49ers, which was most notably remembered for the blackout. Um, I believe this is also a Super Bowl that our two hosts vehemently disagree about its ranking, right? One of you think it's one of the best. The other think it's one of the worst. Correct. We should rewatch it once in like so, the offseason. So let's see if if the uh, supposed conspiracy theories about that Super Bowl change anyone's opinion on where it ranks. Mm. Uh, so to remind ourselves, the Ravens were running away with the Super Bowl up twenty eight to six early in the third quarter when the lights in the New Orleans Superdome went out. Um, we sat for a thirty four minute delay when eventually the game resumed and the 49ers made a valiant comeback, scoring seventeen and unanswered points to cut the lead. But the Ravens eventually held on for the victory. A couple months later, Baltimore linebacker Terrell Suggs spoke to ESPN and voiced what most Ravens fans had long thought. I was like, Vegas, parlor tricks. And you know what I mean? I was like, ah, Roger Goodell, he never stops. He always has something up his sleeve. He just couldn't let us have this one in a landslide, huh? The NFL, of course, has maintained it was just a power surge abnormality that led to the outage. And the NFL has long denied any of these rumors. But it's hard to put anything past the league, isn't it? Yeah, so the biggest issue here is that after the the power outage ended on the next two and i don't have the exact game log drive in front of me but then the next couple drives did not work to the 49ers advantage i think the 49ers then went three and out and punted and then the ravens got the ball drove further like this wasn't the turning point in in the game performance the turning point happened much later than that yeah yeah but the idea is like they were running at a time they caught a second win they you know yeah but no i don't think i don't think they they, finally yeah yeah I don't think they did anything practically like, hey, you know, let's uh, also there's there's no less reliable. There's nobody who I trust less in in the all the NFL than Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs and the rest of those Baltimore Ravens. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Ray Lewis has never lied to us before. (laughs) So their credibility is is so low. Um, You know, the the NFL, obviously, they have been involved with various scandals and controversies and conspiracies in the past. This is not one I buy at all. Okay. Well, here's what I think. I think there probably was a scandal. There, there could have been a scandal here, but we don't know what or why. Like, if let's say this is a mild terrorist attack. Well, the like, implication or, or is because it was a blowout and they wanted a close game. Yeah. But uh, no, it made it worse. How about this? By the if, way, you, you, you said that it was T. Sizzle, um, uh, but I'm looking here. It was Ray Lewis who was the one who first publicized the conspiracy, it says. He might be the first one to publicize it. I don't know. This is uh, a Terrell Suggs quote. Uh, I'm on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, Ray Lewis's quote was, you're a zillion dollar company and your lights go out. No, no way. Which 49ers CEO. Jay I mean, Norris, one person that's can a make stu- a mistake. Yeah. Lean yeah. yeah. the lights go out. Yeah. Like, certainly no big person. companies or organizations yeah. or countries have ever fucked up. Before. Yeah. The lights go out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you know, Constantly, every month. Yeah. 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 To, to um, which 49ers CEO Jed York responded, there is no conspiracy. I pulled the plug. <laughs> Well, I think that is a conspiracy. So here's yeah. what I think. If there was a, like, you know, some whether it was a, an employee or whatever terrorism, you know, Frank, we would never know. NFL would not let on. They would they would sweep it under the rug. 
So while there may be a conspiracy theory, we don't even know what it is. You know, it wasn't yeah, pro I, 49ers, I don't think. I do see that Entergy and SNC Electric Company, they're each blaming each other. The, the two different uh, companies were. I mean, that's playing. the move. You can't yeah, be like, yeah, our power. <laughs> we fucked up. Yeah. Don't use us anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Who's it going up against? It's going up against Spygate. Okay. Um, we know who's winning here. <laughs> Um, specifically, the problem the theory, with Spygate is there's like dueling conspiracies, you know, right? I mean? So, the, the, cons- so many, yeah. the conspiracy, the specific conspiracy that we are focused on here, we are taking it as a given that obviously Bill Belichick cheated. That's not a conspiracy, yes. that is fact. Yes. He cheated against the New York Jets, he cheated in the Super Bowl against the Rams, he probably cheated in every game he has ever coached in some way or another. Mm. What the conspiracy theory here is, is that Roger Goodell, in order to protect Bill Belichick and the Patriots and his friends. Bob Kraft destroyed all the tapes and all evidence yes. of Spygate, so that way he can let them off with a uh, pat on the back and uh, what's it? Something under the wrist. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and I, I completely—it's to me this isn't even a conspiracy. This is almost <laughs> certainly objectively true because he, Kraft is one of the most powerful owners in the, uh, in the NFL. The why you would destroy and get rid of all the evidence makes no sense. And then sort of the piggyback to this conspiracy is that in the makeup call is that he suspends Brady for games. For Deflategate a couple of years later, which was sort of because the other owners were grumbly and were so pissed about what happened with Spygate that Goodell had to sort of come down hard on the Patriots as a makeup call. So I definitely believe all of that. I believe that Goodell destroyed the evidence to help his uh, powerful friend um, Kraft. And then I believe that the NFL did a makeup call by suspending Brady four games for Deflategate, which may or may not have been complete bullshit. Um, I'm definitely voting for Spygate here. And I assume Akiva will make it unanimous. Yes, I'm voting for Spygate here. Okay. All right. And our final matchup on the left side. Um, the first theory is that Super Bowl three was rigged. Um, oh. I assume this will uh, be very bad news for Akiva. Um, yeah, Jets are cheaters. Yes. The Jets won despite being 19 and a half point underdogs. They won by a score of 16 to seven. In his 1983 autobiography, Colts lineman Bubba Smith alleged that the game had been rigged to allow the Jets to win so that the NFL AFL merger would proceed smoothly. Yeah. He never offered any evidence, and his charges were never corroborated. His old coach, Don Shula, flatly rejected them. He said, the way I recall that Super Bowl is that everybody missed everybody all day long, including Bubba. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I do think that the motivation is very clear here, right? But motive alone does not prove that a crime has been committed, but it does make sense. The NFL is about to do this massive merger. The problem is, in the first two years of the NFL-AFL Super Bowl, the NFL destroys the AFL, the Packers, um, beating badly the Chiefs and the um, – oh, my God, my mind just went blank. Who they beat in Super Bowl II? The Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders. Yes, thank you, the Raiders. Um, and so, yeah, the NFL needs at least a close game, and it was a huge spread. Um, I'm mad that the Jets won because because of this, Joe Namath is now the most overrated player of all time and probably in any sport, uh, a game in which he didn't even play very well. I'm also deep Jets. down off, I think. It sucks because, like, if the Jets ever won, it will feel like they never won before, but it would be cool if it was their first time, you know? Yeah, you guys want to be able to whine about your curse. Friend. Yeah, you don't even want that Super Bowl because it doesn't help you. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help yeah. us. Yeah. It yeah. does nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think I've best, watched it a lot of times. The best proof, I think, is the fact that Namath guaranteed it. How did he guarantee it? He knew. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just like all those people who didn't go to work on 9-11, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, yeah. I mean, I think I think the, the Len Dawson things are so much shadier than anything here. Because Dawson, like, you know, had the gambling issues and this and so much shady stuff with Len Dawson, like actual accusations of of throwing games and stuff. Yeah, so. drunken Max McGee getting two touchdowns when he could barely stand before the game. 
a lot mm-hmm. of conspiracies there in Super Bowl one. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, and what's it going up against? Now? It's going up against the immaculate reception, uh, famously known as the play that occurred in the AFC championship game with the Steelers trailing seven to six with no timeouts left and four on fourth down. The the Steelers called a play called 30, 66 circle option, which involved Terry Bradshaw scrambling and throwing a pass to a fullback, John Fuqua. However, just French. as he was, Frenchie is his nickname, yes. Uh, just as the ball arrived, Jack Tatum slammed it to Fuqua, causing the ball to ricochet backwards towards Franco Harris, who scooped it up and raised 60 yards to the end zone. For decades, many have argued that the play was called wrong because the pass touched Fuqua, making the catch illegal. But some go even further and claim that the referees intentionally miscalled the play a touchdown out of fear for their own safety. Officiating crew chief Fred Swearingen saw Steelers fans toppling onto the field and ran to the Three Rivers dugout to call stadium security. When the safety of the officials couldn't be assured, he signaled a life-saving touchdown. Mm. So here's the thing. I've seen, obviously, like all of us, a million replays of this play. Just for background, Ob, you referenced the rule at the time, which has obviously since been changed, is that if an offensive player touches the ball, it's a dead ball. Only that player can catch the ball. A different player can't touch it. And so if Fuqua hit the ball first as opposed to Tatum, it would have made um, the reception um, illegal and the touchdown and everything else. But again, I, to me, it, it was such a tough call. I just don't see any clear evidence if we had instant replay at the time, you know, which we obviously didn't, to overturn it. So I, I don't buy this conspiracy and then the Steelers lost the next week anyway. So you know what, what, what's what's the big whoop? I'm I'm definitely voting for. Um, well, their lives their lives weren't in danger the yeah. following week. There's so many other huge NFL conspiracies. I mean, you know, Arian Foster admitted a, a couple months ago that the whole NFL is <laughs> right, so, including including the Immaculate reception. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm going to vote for Super Bowl three here. Um, with all due respect to your Jets, sorry they cheated or they didn't cheat. They, just, <laughs> uh, they, they didn't legitimately win a Super Bowl in 1969 or whatever it was. Um, I'm going to vote for Super Bowl three here, although Spygate is clearly going to advance over that. Yeah, Spygate will advance, but um, I'll go with um, the Immaculate Reception, I guess, but it doesn't oh, matter. So wait, well, it does matter because now it's one to one and we need to have to break the tie. Well, it matters yeah. for purposes of record keeping. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, Ra- the Raiders are just sore losers. They, they've been yelling about um, the uh, the clipping penalty on that play for 30 years also. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Keith here. Um our Jets really won. There was no foul play. The immaculate reception was intentionally called wrong for sure. And it's going to advance. Uh, okay. But as we said, it will then lose to Spygate, which heads to the Elite Eight. Okay. Very exciting. Okay. We now shoot over to the right side of our bracket. Well, um, I think, I think let's, all right. That'll be the next episode. I think let's, let's no, cut no, this no. at let's the halfway point. We're, we're, no, no, we're, we're going to cut this at the halfway point. Wait, why? Because it's halfway done. And then we'll have a whole half of uh, the episode for next time. We've only been going for half an hour. What are we artificially ending early? I think we've been going forty-five minutes. All right, Av, you want to you want to finish here and stop here, and we'll continue next week. Or well, yeah, let's stop here, but we could talk sports for a couple of minutes. Um, okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we've done uh, one half of our bracket. Have any, well, uh, should we at least finish the left side of the bracket then and pick the winners? Who's going to go? Yeah, we could go to the final four if you want. We could go to the final okay. four. Sure. Okay. Okay, so we have two Elite Eight matchups. We have the mm-hmm. 1978 World Cup going up against the 1985 Patrick Ewing NBA draft. And to refresh our recollections, the 1978 World Cup is the one with the Argentina versus Peru with the uh, grain deal. So I think part of what the judgment of 
of who wins it with these is sort of what is the outcome, sort of the success of the cheating, right? So in other words, the, the NBA cheated to get Patrick Ewing to the Knicks. It did make them relevant for 15 years, but they didn't even win a title. Whereas the cheating in this case, Argentina needs to win by four goals to survive in advance. They end up winning the whole thing. So the consequences of this of this conspiracy are far more significant, ultimately, right? Yes. So um, on the other hand, we all grew up sort of hearing endlessly, maybe just because we're in America, about the Patrick Ewing draft, whereas, uh, you know, un- until this podcast, or in my case, until I started researching conspiracies a few weeks ago, yeah, so, podcast, I never so, heard of the World Cup. So, so, so some uh, context on, on that premise. Um, the question, I guess, is if Peru had not cheated, would, who would have won? Um, and what I could tell you is that the two teams played just three months before the World Cup and Argentina won three to one. They had won 15 out of the 18 matchups between the two countries in history, and Peru had never beaten Argentina away from home. So one could say that even absent Peru's cheating, Argentina was a heavy favorite to win. I don't know what the betting lines looked like, but it doesn't necessarily seem like this made such a big difference. Whereas absent David Stern's interference, the Knicks had a very, very low chance to win the 85 draft. Well, so they were heavy favorites to win the match, but were they heavy favorites to win by four goals? Oh, that's a good point, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about 1978 soccer in particular, but you know, it's very rare to have a four-goal win in general. And especially if you're Peru, Peru was not advancing either way, so their only job was to to be a spoiler, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so they could have just played I'm... a very conservative defensive. Uh, what were you saying, Akiva? I'm surprised you're not just going automatically with the frozen envelope here. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm I'm open. Okay, so that's where you're voting. You're voting for frozen envelope. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll vote that way also ultimately. Although I, I think these both happened. I, I think that both of these happened. I think that um, which one had a greater effect on my life? Certainly the uh, the Knicks. I grew up if the, the Knicks were my favorite team as a youth, and it was all because of this. So as a youth. <laughs> Okay. Um, and who will it face in the final four? Will it be Ali versus Liston or will it be Spygate? Two very iconic. Once again, I think both of these happened also. So Av, after saying all, all of these are false, I think that <laughs> all four elite eight entrants on the left side of the bracket, yeah, 100% happened the way that the conspiracists allege. Maybe not. But I think that there's much truth to all four of these. Um, I, I think that Liston was involved with the mob. There was definitely something dirty and questionable there. Um on the other hand, there's just there's so much dirt going on with the Spygate thing. I also, at the time, um, I was working for a law firm that was representing the NFL in the investigation, and so I was not allowed to discuss it on the podcast or otherwise. And uh, I'm glad that I'm now released and I can give my takes. Bunch of cheaters. I vote for Spygate here. I'm, I, I think Akiva will agree with me, but Akiva yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yes. Okay, and that's uh, that's our left side final four: 1985 NBA draft and Spygate. Who will it go up against? Let's find out next time. Okay, so next time, don't know exactly when that would be. All right, Av, so thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. For this first half of our sports conspiracy um, bracket. And uh, we will come back next time, whenever that will be, to discuss 16 more conspiracies and determine which of those two will advance to the final four alongside the Patrick Ewing draft lottery and Spygate. Sounds great. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wait, cool. Alex, we talk sports for one minute, though. Yeah, let's talk sports. All right. So uh, do you have any faith that the T-Wolves could come back? You know, obviously, they could not have possibly looked worse than they did in game one. I mean, how do you score 80 points in the modern NBA, it almost seems? And Denver's defense is not particularly good. On the other hand, this entire Timberwolves season, as I've mentioned a few times on the podcast and is mentioned endlessly on the Timberwolves podcast I listen to, is just two-game winning streak. Oh, this seems amazing. Two-game losing streak. Oh, this seems the worst team in the league. Like, they have been such a an extreme Jekyll and high team all year. They have shown no consistency game to game. And so... um. I think that they will, I, just because of sort of the way the season's been all along, I, I do think, obviously, look, they're very tired. They they have played three games in a week while the Nuggets had rested for a week, and really the Nuggets have been resting for like two months. Uh, they were, you know, playing mile high, which is always a, 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 a sort of a, a fitness disadvantage for the road team. I think they'll play much better. That doesn't guarantee a win because the Nuggets are still the best team in the West, and they can play very well and lose. Um, you know, I think I picked them to, I picked the Nuggets to advance in five anyways in this series. And so the Nuggets winning game one relatively easily was not a surprise. Yeah, the 80 uh, points was was concerning, but yeah, you know, yeah, teams the, actually the, play defense in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, they just, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, Ant has not been good for weeks now with a couple of, except, you know, he's had a couple of good games, but he has not, he's really struggled pretty much since the All-Star game. It, it doesn't seem like he's recovered from his health woes from the uh, conspiracy of whatever lasagna he ate or whatever that gave him um, that, that, that flu a few weeks ago. Um, I don't, I don't know what, what the question is here. Am I picking them to win game two? Is that the question? No, I mean, I, I do think they have a puncher's chance, basically. I, you know, my before the series, I said they would lose in five, maybe six. And I don't think I've really changed that, you know. Mm-hmm. The, na- the nature of the loss was, was depressing. But ultimately, if they had lost 108-107 at the buzzer, it wouldn't have changed any difference in terms of they still not one of mm-hmm. And the Twins off to a hot start. Uh, best pitching in baseball. How's that going for you? Uh, their pitching has been incredible. Um, their hitting has been very bad. Those will both, uh, you know, progress and, and regress to the mean. So they're, you know, obviously they're they're not going to have three guys com- uh, combined for 13 Ks per nine innings in a two ERA or a one ERA, whatever they're pitching. Um, but also their hitters aren't going to all suck. And By the way, this hitters- is a real stat. The Twins have allowed 45 runs so far. The Hayes have allowed 135. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, I think exactly I- three times as many runs. Yeah, so I think the Twins pitching will get a little bit worse. Their hitting will get a little bit better, and hopefully they'll continue chugging along to 88 wins or whatever they need to finish ahead of Cleveland and Chicago. So, yeah. Um, By the way, Twitter does this very annoying thing if you're in the For You, where sometimes they'll be like, if you follow beat writers or people who like update sports games, you'd be like, it'll be like, hey, uh, Jeff McNeil with a hit. And you're like, what? And it's like 16 hours ago. It's like a play. Yeah, oh, the for- timing drives me nuts. Uh, I'm looking this morning through Twitter and I see all these tweets from before Timberwolves Nuggets game one. I'm like, what yeah. is this talking about? Oh, this is like, like it says, it, it, it makes no sense. It's completely- The algorithm way- is terrible. I There's mean, a way to change that, I believe. Um, the algorithm that like change the for you. 
you could get more oh. people working for Twitter right now than there are on this podcast. That's the problem. No, I agree. I, yeah, no, like I, guy I think there's a button. setting where you could see most recent instead of like most important or something. Most recent in for you. That's on that's on the main feed. and that's sometimes the, also in uh, for okay. you. Yeah, I'm not they'll sure. show you like a tweet of someone you don't follow and you'll start reading it and it auto refreshes, which is insane. And I like try and remember a word if it was interesting. Yeah, because yeah, you can never find it again. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Uh, and and I've uh, any feelings on the Mets early in the season? Um, so far, so good. I mean, they started out a little uneven, right? It took them a few games to get their bearings, but mm-hmm. they're on a nice winning streak now. The team looks to be very well-rounded, a lot of depth. You know, it, it's it's not a team of, like, many, many stars, I guess. Um, you know, three or four stars. But, like, um, mm-hmm. and we haven't even had Verlander yet. Who knows if he'll ever pitch for the team. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a very deep lineup, a lot of pitching. Um, I think that they're poised to be a very good team and hopefully make the playoffs. So, um, should be a good summer in New York. Ah, do you care to join me and Akiva at the Twins Mets World Series? I would of course join you at the World Series. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they also play on, uh, week one of the NFL season that weekend, the Jets, the Mets and the Twins. Is that in New York or in Minnesota? It's in Minnesota. Okay. Well, maybe we'll go there as well. We'll see. We'll get a lot of places. It's possible. Okay. Um, all right. We will sp- hopefully we will record part two next week. We got another episode coming for you on Thursday night. Uh, and we'll see everybody. Bye. Bye. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows. The good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows That the boat is leaking Everybody knows The captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes
Everybody knows that's how it goes. Everybody knows. 